Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports? Well, our friends at Bet Online continue to get it done as the number one betting source for all your football needs this season and your basketball needs and everything in between. You'll find latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends, as well as live betting, free contests, live scores, and more. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, golf, NFL, right? NBA, it's all there. College football. Head on over to betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag to join and you can receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Use our promo code BELIEVE though. Make sure you do that. BELIEVE. B-L-E-A-V. You'll get your rewards with BetOnline. It's where the game starts. Hey guys, this is Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. Gimbal Sports Platter is back with you all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, rate, and review. We are brought to you by Rosie's Corner, Burton Ace Hardware, and Welch and Company Jewelers. Shop the showcase today at welchjewelers.com. You can save 20% off select jewelry for the month of November. Wedding rings, engagement rings, and a heck of a lot more like watches, necklaces, bracelets, and hey, the holidays are coming up. It's a great place to shop for your loved one at Welch and Company Jewelers, welchjewelers.com, the official jewelry store of the ML Sports Platter. And I did want to throw a quick tip of the cap, thank you out there as well, to Camillus Golf Club, Ken's Auto Detailing, and Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare. Hey, it's Doggy Daycare and Hotel, Dog Wash and Grooming. In Cicero, if you're in and around the area, drop your pup off for a day of play while you're at work. Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. All right, this is going to be a really fun show, a packed show, um, about, I don't know, I want to say 45 minutes to an hour. Um, I'm going to play for you uh, down the road here uh, a crossover episode from the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, my Pandemonium podcast that I had a couple of days ago. It was terrific. I had ESPN's Kevin Connors on and Sal Marana from the Democrat and Chronicle. We talked all things Buffalo Bills. We got into uh, Josh Allen, and and at the time of the recording, we didn't know what was going to happen. As I'm recording this, Sean McDermott has said it's a day-to-day situation with Allen. He'll be questionable at leading right up to the game on Sunday. It's all going to be about how he reacts this week. He's limited in practice, so we got into that. We got into the awful run defense, the loss against the Jets last week. Is, is it time to panic and worry? Uh, Vikings week this week, how are you going to stop Delvin Cook and Justin Jefferson? We got into all of those things and more, so you'll want to listen to that. That that Just the interview were great. Uh, Kevin crushes it on uh, ESPN as a college basketball and football studio host, and he anchors Sports Center, uh, and he's just one of the biggest Bills fans you'll ever uh, talk to. And then Sal Marana, uh, for my money, pound for pound, is as good as it gets as a beat man and insider for the Bills for the Democrat and Chronicle in the wonderful city of Rochester. Before we do all that, though, I wanted to do a little early NHL season takeaway segment. Um, you know, kind of like what I've seen. Um, you know, what I like, what I don't like. First of all, the teams I like, I like the Devils. I like the Islanders. I like the Hurricanes. I like the Flyers. The Bruins are on fire. I like the Red Wings. Um, I'm not going to go past, I mean, Tampa's just kind of hovering around, hanging there. Um, but they're, as I record this, 7-5-1. and one. That's not like overwhelming by any stretch. Uh, Winnipeg has had a nice start to the season at 8-3, and three, right? Dallas is pretty good. Colorado, maybe a little cup hangover at 6-4-1. and one. Uh, Vegas, Vegas, whoa, they're 12 and two and then eight and four Seattle. I, I mean, I think they've played well too, eight, four and two. 
Um, so those are some of the teams that I really like. Um, I think there's some teams that still have yet to get going. For as flashy as Edmonton is, I think they'll end up being better than what they are right now. Um, they do have a plus four um, scoring differential, but they're only eight and six. You know, they're only two games over 500. But again, the NHL is different than the NFL, MLB, right? At NBA, it's different because it's a point system. So like you can, you know, go through a 10 game stretch and win three. Uh, but if you lose four and then you get, you know, three of the other games, you go into overtime, right? Or a shootout, you still get points. And so those count in the standings, right? If you lose all 10, it doesn't help you, but you can still get into OT and lose, get into the shootout situation and lose and still gain points and gain ground in the standings. Um, I just really like this Seattle team. They're better than last year. You can tell Eberle has just got that wicked shot. Uh, the goaltending has been a lot better than I thought. They've got a plus nine goal differential. Um, but Vegas right now is really, really just crushing it. I mean, you know, Jack Eichel is healthy and He's all over the place right now. I mean, he is just scoring goals, setting people up uh, on the power play, playing a little two-way. He's been really, really good. Really, really good. And Vegas leads the Pacific um, here, you know, with 14 games played uh, in the early going. And, and this club is just getting, you know, production out of their, their, their big guys. You know, they're getting Jack Eichel. What do we say in sports a lot, right? Like if your guys are, if your if your best guys are better than their best guys, that's a huge advantage in your direction. Well, Jack Eichel, Riley Smith, William Carlson, right? These guys, Mark Stone, right? Shea Theodore, they've all been all bet Petrangelo, they've all been Marcheso, they've all been better than most of the other teams they've played. You know, you look at the record and they're 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 literally dominating right now. You know, and I'm very intrigued to see you know, if the goaltending is sustainable. I mean, I think that's really where we're at here, right? I mean, I think we we, we got to see if, you know, they're the, that they have enough goaltending. Uh, we know Robin Leonard's out for the year, uh, but Logan Thompson so far, you know, hanging in there. Aiden Hill is his backup. Doesn't, you know, they don't really have a lot of depth at goalie, but Thompson's hung in. He's made some pretty darn good saves um, and Vegas is just cruising right now. They're a really complete team. They kill penalties. They score on the power play. Terrific stuff out of Vegas. Um, you know, Dallas and Winnipeg are probably, uh, you know, mano in mano the, in the central. I think the Avalanche will get it going a little bit, but that is easily, for me, the weakest division in uh, the entire sport, and mostly it's because of the disappointment in the St. Louis Blues. I mean, this is a team that a few years ago went to uh, and won a Stanley Cup, right? Barube, O'Reilly, there's still a lot of holdovers from that team. Bennington doesn't look right in between the pipes. Uh, they have been very, very disappointing. In fact, the Blues have been disappointing. The Flyers have been disappointing. Um, you know, the Penguins have been, you know, certainly uh, disappointing as well. Uh, the Blues need to get their, uh, you know, all of all the lines rolling at this particular point, and they need their best people to show up as well. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly's played 11 games. He only has two points. That is just not good enough, right? Uh, Butch Navich only has two points. You know, I mean, it's just, it's not good. You can't have Braden Shen doing everything every single night. Uh, Tarasenko has been playing okay, um, but they got to have those couple guys I mentioned doing some things. And frankly, I mean, the goaltending, I, I would be, if I'm a Blues fan, I would be really, really worried because I think Bennington is super shaky. He's three and five. He's got a 3.37 goals against. He's not good with the blocker. He's not good with the glove. He's not getting over side to side. Uh, 886 save percentage. He has just left a lot out there 
uh, in the net. I mean, people are scoring on him left and right. Um, he's not seeing the puck great. So the Blues have got a lot of work to do. It's a long season. They've got championship bodies in that locker room. But, man, alive, they are just brutal right now. I think with Winnipeg and Dallas, one thing that I've really noticed is I think both of those teams are faster. You know, the Winnipeg Jets, I going into the year, I mean, I like I like their big guns. I do. I like Pierre-Luc Dubois. You know, I like Mark Shifley. I like Blake Wheeler. I, I, like, I like their big guys. I like their big guns. I don't like a lot of the rest of the team. But the rest of the team has surprised me because they've been playing with great, great teamwork, and they're faster than last year. I mean, really, if you watch the Jets, they fly. You know, and it's probably pretty good that, you know, the last name Jets and your team flies, and huh. yeah, I'm here all day. Uh, the Dallas Stars, um, you know, to me, are a Stanley Cup contender. I don't know as if I go as far. I know Winnipeg has a great start, but I don't know if I'd go as far as saying that they're a Stanley Cup contender. I think the Dallas Stars are. This kid, Jason Robertson, is out of this world. If you, if you want to watch players in the NHL, the best players in the game, you know, they're 19, 20, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, you know, kind of in that group, right? The, the, the young, 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 young guns of the NHL. I got news for you. Jason Robertson is in that group, okay? He is absolutely a stud, okay? A stud. And it is terrifying when you look at somebody's profile, and you see that they were born in 1999, you're like, wow, I feel old. I feel really old. Um, round two, 39th pick overall. He's playing like a top five pick right now. I mean, this guy is, he's unstoppable. His incredible skill. I mean, he is a part of the NHL right now. I say it every time I talk hockey on the show. Every single time I talk hockey, I mention uh, uh, the skill set, the speed, right? The speed, the youth, the hands, right? All that stuff rolled into one. The size, right? All the, all that stuff the young players have in the NHL, right? Speed, size, youth. It's all there. And Jason Robertson's unstoppable right now. You know, they got Pavelski. They got Sagan. They got a lot of firepower. This kid, Mason Marchment's another one. I mean, he's another left winger. I mean, they are so deep at left wing, it isn't even funny. This kid is 27. Well, I say kid, he's 27. But Mason Marchman's a really, really, really good player. And, you know, he was with the Florida Panthers, you know, the previous two years. He was with the Leafs way back in 1920. Uh, not way back, but it seems like way back. Uh, especially in the NHL when you change teams all the time. I mean, like, a lot. I'll tell you what, this Stars team's really good. I think they're for real. I think they're going to be in there. I think they're going to be hanging around. Uh, solid uh, enough goaltending. Dallas is, Dallas is dangerous. I, I think Dallas is a really good team. Um, and then in the East, you know, just kind of a couple of thoughts here. I mean, the Devils got off to that slow start, and people kind of questioned them. And I was just like, give my man Lindy rough time, man. He'll figure this out. He'll get his guys going. And I got to tell you, they've got a couple of players who you, I just can't turn the TV uh, off or away uh, from it. I can't turn away from it when they've got the puck. I mean, I love watching Jack Hughes play hockey. I don't know how else to say it. I love watching him play hockey. Nico Heischer, same deal. Uh, those two guys are so terrific. They're really, really, really deep at center. And those two guys, I think, uh, you know, along with Jesper Bratt, I mean, those are the three guys who have got to carry him. But Bratt, you know, they move him around on some lines and all the rest. He's only 24 years old. He can shoot it like crazy. He's got unbelievable end-to-end -end speed. The Devils have a really, really good hockey team. They're young. They're fun. Uh, I love all those guys I just mentioned, led by Hughes. The Devils, nice start to the season at 10-3 and as I record this. The Islanders... Really like the Islanders. Some people have picked them 
you know, as a deep playoff uh, run team here this year. Uh, a cup contender, perhaps? No, I would not go that far, but they do have a couple of key ingredients. They've got a lot of depth, and they've got unbelievable goaltending with Sorokin, right? Um, you know, I love Matthew Barzell. I love Anders Lee. I love Brock Nelson. Uh, these guys, Kyle Palmieri is one of my favorite players in the NHL. I remember when he was a member of the Syracuse Crunch way back when they were um, an AHL affiliate of the Anaheim Ducks. I remember flat out writing about it and talking about it on radio. Like, Kyle Palmieri is the best athlete in Central New York right now. Like, he is so good, and he's going to be a star in the NHL for years to come. I have not been proved wrong. Uh, you might not look at him as a star. I do. Um, you know, and I think there's different levels of players, right? You've got superstars, then stars, and then, you know, on down the line. But he is definitely in that group, and I think the Islanders are a team to be reckoned with here this hockey campaign. Just a lot of balance, a lot of depth. There's really, really, really a lot to like. And every single night you got a shot because your boy, you know, Ilya Sorokin is going out there and has a chance to to win hockey games for you in between the pipes. So uh, I know Shesterkin is the New York goaltender who gets more attention. He won the Vezina last year. Uh, the, the Rangers are the sexy team. They play in Manhattan. They play at the Garden. I got news for you. The Islanders are a better team right now by far than the New York Rangers. Uh, another team that I just want to quickly highlight that has impressed me kind of out of the gate, um, Carolina Hurricanes. I mean, they've got enough firepower. I think they're a Stanley Cup contender. I really do. Um, you know, raise your hand if you want to deal with, uh, you know, Sebastian Ajo, Sv- uh, Svechnikov, Brent Burns. You know, raise your hand if you want to deal with these guys, right? I don't, right? I don't. They don't play like a, a fast, furious, like really fun, crazy uh, must watch, you know, Hey, it's, 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 it's must watch TV here style, but they're, they get it done and they have a lot of lines that they run out there. Um, you know, the Sabres, it's, they started relatively strong. They had the back-to-back West coast, uh, wins against Edmonton and Calgary, but, um, I, I just, you know, Buffalo, as I record this, they lost three straight games. Uh, they lost to Carolina. They lost to Tampa. They should have beaten Tampa. Uh, they were the better team. Paterka should have made that 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 goal um, late in the game. He just completely missed the cage. Um, their goaltending is not sustainable. I mean, you can't. Forty-one-year-old Craig Anderson and Comrie, uh, Eric Comrie, they're not going to get it done uh, long term. And I, I'm disappointed. I like Kevin Adams as a GM. I think they have a lot of great things going on. A lot of youth. You know, you got to love Quinn, and you got to love. Uh, the way Middlestat's playing, and Alex Tuck is playing, and Paterka's playing, and Olofsson's playing, and, um, you know, they've got a lot of young, young, great guy, Peyton Krebs, and, um, you know, the list goes on and on with all the young talent uh, in Buffalo, uh, Tage Thompson, uh, but the goaltending, I'm very disappointed that Kevin Adams didn't go out and get uh, more more help, because this goaltending is just not good enough uh, and not sustainable enough. Uh, the Lightning, you know, they've they've the last you know couple of years during that three straight Stanley Cup run, uh, as far as appearance goes, and winning two of them, uh, you know, slowly but surely getting kind of pieces plucked away. You're starting to see that a little bit here. It's hurting their depth, but they still have Hedman. They've still got Vasilevsky. They still have Kucherov. They still have Stamkos. Don't count them out. They're just seven and one, five and one now. I think they're a playoff team. And then once you get there, it's anybody's ball game, man. The Maple Leafs still, for me, a little bit, uh, you know, too much on the scoring side of things and not enough on the defense and goaltending uh, side of things. Uh, the Red Wings and, and the Bruins, I mean, those are the two teams at the top. Well, the Maple Leafs are um, second place tied with Detroit with 17 points. Uh, but but I, I love, you know, going into this year, the Senators 
and the uh, the the Red Wings and the Sabers were talked about like, hey, the up and coming teams, like, can one of these teams make the playoffs? So far, if I had to put my money down on anybody, it'd be Detroit. Now, listen, I'm a diehard Saber fan. The Senators have a lot of young talent as well. They went out and got Claude Giroux. They've got, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, Debrinket is on that team, I believe. You've got just a tremendous, tremendous, uh, you know, kind of firepower uh, first and second line on the Ottawa Senators. Um, you know, Kachuk is just a terrific, terrific young player. Uh, obviously, <laughs> coming from the family of hockey, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of his dad, Keith Kachuk, the Hall of Famer, and, and, and um, you know, his brother, Matthew. I just think, I just think Brady Kachuk is, is going to be a star in this league for a really, really, really long time. Um, and he's the captain of the Senators. And, oh, by the way, he is a part of that group that I talked about. Young, fast, size, right? Just ridiculous IQ. He's 6'4", 215 pounds, and he's 23 years old. So Otto's really good, but the team I'd put my money on, Detroit. Because I think Steve Eiserman running the show, the former Red Wing, the Hall of Famer, the former executive of the Tampa Bay Lightning, I think that this team is going to, I think they're starting to get good, really good, and I think they're going to be good for a long, long time. Because Eiserman knows what he's doing, okay? And they have so much youth. So many fun players. I think David Perron has helped them out a ton. That was a great pickup in the offseason. The young players you love, I mean, come on, you got to love Lucas Raymond. You still, you know, you got to love Kubelik. You got to love Dylan Larkin. Um, you know, and, and Dylan Larkin, as we know, is the leader of this team. Uh, he's not one of the young, young guys. I mean, he's 26 years old, which feels like it's ancient in today's NHL. But they've just got so many guys, and they're so fun. Uh, Mord Sider, I mean, this guy is a just an elite, elite defenseman. He's logging so much ice time. 23 minutes, goes up against the top lines. He's on the power play. He you know, kills penalties. 21 years old. He's German-born. He's got great hair. This is a good team, man. This is a really, really good team in Detroit. And then Boston, I mean, my goodness, they have one of the best cultures in the NHL. And, you know, so far, so great for this team, right? I mean, let's be honest. This team has been rolling. Uh, they're getting production from multiple lines. Uh, they're finally getting some guys back from injury. Uh, and, and how can you go against, you know, these guys when you have Patrice Bergeron leading the way, right? When you've got David Pasternak, one of the best players in hockey, you know, uh, Brad Marchand's only played five games this year, um, but they've got a lot of depth. They've got some guys, you know, DeBrusque has had a great start to the year. Lindholm is great uh, at defense. Um, you know, they've got, they've just got a lot of depth, a lot of balance. Um, they can, they can kill you on the power play. They can kill penalties like crazy. They block shots. Uh, they really help their goaltenders out nicely. And uh, again, they're led by studs, um, you know, veteran guys, uh, probably Hall of Fame players. You know, Bergeron and Marchand are Hall of Famers probably, and I think you're looking at a situation where Pasternak is is setting the trajectory for that as well. Um, you know, for me, it's going to be about health and goaltending. If their goaltending can hold up with Swayman, and we know we've you know we've seen him get banged up a little bit, Linus uh, Linus Allmark, if their goaltending can hang on and 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 they stay healthy, uh, Boston could win the Stanley Cup. There's no question in my mind. All right, coming up next, a crossover episode, Built-in Buffalo Podcast Network. 
with ESPN's Kevin Connors and Sal Mayorana from the Rochester Democrat and Chronicle. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, Burn Dairy, and the Syracuse Fitness Store. Before all that, this. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to Pandemonium with Mike Lindsley on the Buffalo Bills, exclusively on the Built to Buffalo Podcast Network. Bills Mafia, what's going on? Mike Lindsley here. It is the Pandemonium Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Make sure on all the social channels on the Podcast Network, you can download, you can subscribe. Make sure you like all of our YouTube videos. Uh, subscribe to channels, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, it's uh, seven days a week of Buffalo Bills content, uh, audio, video, and articles. Builtinbuffalonews.com for a lot of great content, article-wise, and more as well. All right, here we go. Two guests on the show today. Uh, our first is ESPN's Kevin Connors, one of the biggest Bills fans uh, I know and is a terrific studio host for college sports on ESPN. Of course, you've seen him on SportsCenter in the recent past as well. We're going to talk to Kevin Connors right now, and then later it'll be Sal Marana, the Buffalo Bills beat reporter and insider from the Rochester Democrat and Chronicle. Right now, let's talk some Bills with one of the members of Bills Mafia, one of the biggest members of Bills Mafia. It's our good pal Kevin Connors from ESPN. KC, how are you? Thanks for coming on, man. Mike, I'm doing great. It's always good to be on with you and, uh, and talking Bills football. Hey, by the way, I mean, this is the time of the year, man. October, November, we get the start of uh, seasons, We're just coming off the postseason in baseball, uh, you know, college football, college basketball, NHL. It's, it's all right here, NFL, you know, halfway through the year. This is the time for everybody in sports, including you, man. I went to work last week and I did Sports Center on a Tuesday, which was NBA, World Series, and NHL heavy. Wednesday, I taped college basketball <laughs> preview stuff. Yeah. Thursday and Saturday and Sunday, I did college football. There are a lot of names and nicknames and school names <laughs> popping around in my head, but it's a great time of year and it's, um, it's what we live for, man. Yeah, it, it really is. So obviously, as we record this, we don't know the extent of the injury uh, for Josh Allen. I, I know that a lot of Bills fans went from kind of, oh, no, bad loss with the Jets. Will it cost him in the long run to I'm not as worried about the Jets loss as I am about JA-17? Because as we know, they're going nowhere long term uh, this season and beyond if he gets injured. Um I'm sure you're freaking out a little bit here about Josh as well. I, I mean, I, I, I don't want to ask you to guess. I can't guess. We don't know yet, but uh, certainly pins and needles time uh, for uh, for Bill's Mafia here. Yeah, I mean, he's everything, right? He's the franchise, you know, and as, as, as devastating as the Micah Hyde loss was early in the year, and that's a huge loss, I don't think I need to uh, overstate for anyone what Josh Allen means to this team. Now, let's hope for the best here. Um, clearly, um, let's hope that, you know, I, I think some of this too is maybe 
a little bit of a um, reality check, hopefully, for Allen. Like, we love watching him do what he does, and it's what makes him one of the very best quarterbacks in the game. And who the heck am I to tell one of the best football players on earth how to play the game? But it's also a reminder that no one is indestructible. Mm -hmm. And so maybe, you know, listen, let's pray for the best for the young man and for the team and for Bill's Mafia. Um, But let's also maybe hope that some lessons are learned here. And, you know, we do a little bit of a better job of taking care of our body throughout the course of the game. Not that he did anything reckless on what this injury may be. I'm just saying moving forward, the value of this quarterback is massive pending on his health. And this is what I cautioned people, and, and most of my really, really tight, close buddies are, are all Bills fans. I mean, we're on this thread. We text about the team all the time. You know, pe- people know what I do, and I talk about them all the time. Um, and <laughs> it's funny because there were a couple in, in that group who just basically slam dunked, like many other members of Bills Mafia, a Super Bowl title. And I tried to tell them, listen, what I'm about to say to you is not a negative. It's the truth. You can't slam dunk anything in sports and in the NFL especially because at the top of the list with all the layers that go into it, at the top is injuries, Kevin. We don't know who's going to get injured when in this league. Look at Cincinnati without Jamar Chase or a completely different team. We've seen injuries across the board everywhere for the last several decades of the NFL. Injuries, it's unpredictable and that's why you can never predict a Super Bowl title and slam dunk it in my opinion. I mean, you can't say it any better than that. I mean, football, like you said, especially, and and that position especially. I mean, just just think about not just the Bills across the board, the importance of the position of quarterback. And if you have one, in all likelihood, you're contending. And if you don't, in all likelihood, you are thinking about either tearing it down or hoping that you're in the conversation for one of the really good young quarterbacks in college football because you don't have a chance. So, yeah, I mean, listen, it goes without saying. And, you know, this may be unfair to say, too, and it's tough because the Bills have gotten so much attention because they are so talented this year. Um, I wonder if this this loss to the Jets wasn't a little bit of a reminder that we haven't held the parade yet. Okay, the Lombardi Trophy is not in the trophy case at one Bills drive yet. This team is talented. I still think the best in football. I still think on a Super Bowl mission this year. But it's a reminder, I think, in a lot of ways that eight weeks into the season, you haven't won the Super Bowl yet. Yeah, no doubt about that. Kevin Connors, diehard Bills fan and, of course, a terrific studio uh, host and uh, anchor on uh, ESPN Sports Center and college sports shows uh, is our guest here. Um, it, it, it looks, I mean, initial reports here, I guess something came out a couple hours ago that, you know, right now they're calling it an ailment. McDermott is still saying, well, no more in 24 hours. Again, we don't all the way know, but let's, let's assume the best that he misses a bunch of practice time and doesn't go Sunday against Minnesota, but he will be available you know, for the for the last, I don't know, six, seven games of the year, five or six games, whatever it is, maybe he misses a start or two. Let's just assume all of that. The Bills have other problems. Their run defense is terrible. They can't run the ball on offense. It's a big play offense or bust. 
Uh, the kicking game with Tyler Bass was brutal against the Jets. I know it was one bad week, but gee whiz, you can't make multiple mistakes like that against a team like that. Um, you know, and I know the Jets are better, but come on, the Bills are the Bills, and going into this year, you can't lose that game. So with all these problems going on, do you think they can fix things overall? I mean, beyond JA-17, these problems that they're having, can they fix them? I do, and, you know, like, listen, we, we the the inclination is to overreact, number one, because we have been a fan base that has dealt with a lot of disappointment mm-hmm. and losing and whatever else for a very long time. Um, so, of course, knowing how close we are, the natural inclination is to overreact. I think we've got to keep things in perspective. This is still a two-loss team. This is still the best team in the AFC, maybe the best team in the NFL. This is still one of the most talented teams that the Bills have ever had, ever. Okay, and that includes the team that went to four straight Super Bowls, ever had. Um, I think that there have been some injuries where we're at the AFC Championship game. We might see guys go. I think that the goal is still obviously the big, big picture. And I think that we have managed players' health accordingly. I still think this is a really well-constructed team. I'm going to trust Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean uh, totally and completely, much as I think we, we maybe should have addressed the running back position a little bit differently at the trade deadline. I'm going to trust them completely. Um, I think this team has what it takes to figure it out in-house. But I understand where Bills fans are going because of what history has been and, and, you know, and how badly we want it. I get it. The Matt Milano injury or the Jordan Poyer injury, which one concerns you the most? Again, not, not knowing uh, all of the medical information. I mean, both of those guys are vital players. You know, it's like saying, which which position is more important defensively, the shortstop or center field? They're both massive, you know. I mean, Milano, Milano was playing like an all-pro, not a pro baller. He's yeah. playing like an all-pro, yeah. and we know Jordan Poyer was an all-pro last year. I mean, those are two critical, critical pieces, and, and you know, like more than that, foundational pieces for yeah. what this team, this current team, yeah. you know, was constructed. Uh, around so you know for them i want those guys back for us we need those guys back who's more important you know i mean flip a coin they're both massively massively important almost as important as you know those two being if you will quarterbacks of the defense almost almost as important as the quarterback of the offense so offensively obviously a lot of stall drives drives against the jets they don't look all the way there there's not really a major weapon beyond Stephon Diggs. Gabe Davis, his drops, his lack of production, coming back a little bit. Dawson Knox gets the big deal. I know he's going through awful stuff personally, probably still and will forever. Um, but from a production standpoint, they aren't really using him a lot. Uh, Knox, Davis, I mean, where, where are we at here with, with those two guys moving forward? And, um, you know, does one concern you over the other as far as just not being a part of the offense right now for whatever reason? Yeah, look, you've got to, you know, you've got to, you got to figure out a way to integrate both of those guys into the offense more regularly. Is that a product of the run game not being a serious enough threat? I don't know. I don't think it's a product of Allen not putting the ball on the money. Um, and, you know, look, 
once again, maybe the answer is in-house. Maybe it's tweaking things offensively. Maybe it's going all in and getting Odell Beckham Jr. Um, Look, the Bills clearly need another two option, uh, number two option. I think we thought after the AFC championship game last year and week one that it might be Gabe Davis. It may still be. You know, maybe maybe Davis is dealing with an injury that doesn't get a ton of uh, notoriety. Maybe he's sort of keeping it on, under under the hood. Um, clearly, they need more production offensively. You know, maybe it's Isaiah McKenzie more in the game. Maybe, maybe it's being more creative. I think a lot of it goes back to the run game. And again, it's so hard for me to tell, is it an inability to run the football or an unwillingness to run the football? Yeah. I, I think the offensive line is talented. Uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's that we don't have the the guys up front. I think it's just I think it's sort of figuring out, you know, what's going to unlock what, because we know what we can do offensively, throwing the football and all the weapons that we do have. I think it's finding the right balance. And again, look, it's a work in progress. Go back to any of the years the Bills went to those four consecutive Super Bowls. Not one of those teams won 16-0, and there were some puzzling losses in those years, and I wish that we were talking after a win because I think the conversation would be a lot different. Let's keep it in the context of this team is still enjoying a fabulous year with everything still in front of them. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Almost a year to the date, they lost to the Jaguars, and that was a brutal loss last year and just uglier than sin, and now this year... They lose to the Jets. Kind of different, you know, circumstances and all the rest, but just interesting timing. Um, Kevin Connors, like ESPN. I, like I, I will yeah. say this, and this point's important. Yeah. You know, we know what it's like to go on the road in the playoffs, and the results in Kansas City the past few years have not gone the way that we've wanted to. So, again, I still think this team is the best team in the AFC. We still own a game lead over Kansas City, given a head-to-head win. But it's, I don't think I need to tell anyone that's listening to this the importance of home field advantage. And that, listen, going on the road in the playoffs uh, in January it's brutal. Is, it's brutal. Is, is brutal. Yep, it's brutal. So I think home field advantage is still critical for this team. You were reading my mind because I was going to close the interview with that. How about that? You and I are right there, man. We're on the same page. Um, I, think the, I think the number should still be 14 and 3 just to be safe. 14 and 3. I don't know who they're going to win against, lose against whatever, but they need to and that means they're only going to basically, you know, lose one more game if, if that record uh holds up. 13 and 4 maybe still can get it done because of what you alluded to there uh, a minute ago Kevin with, you know, the fact that they have the head to head against KC. If if other teams get hot, they've got the head head to head there too against the Titans, against the Ravens. So they've taken care of the business there. Do you see the mark at 13 and 4 or 14 and 3? Yeah, I think you've got more wiggle room here. You know, look, Kansas City still has to go to the Chargers. And still host the look. I know the Rams are three and five. That, that's still a talented team, and they still have to go to Cincinnati, and they've still got divisional games to play. I, I, I think it's again we're we're we. It's understandable that we're prisoners of the moment. Let's not forget this team is six and two. We're three and zero oh at home. I don't like zero oh and two in the division. I think that we've got some very winnable games ahead of us. I think it's, you know, this is the boring end. I sound like a player here almost, but I think <laughs> week to I week think this team needs to worry about what's going on yeah. under its own roof. The health of our, our uh, all of our players, but 
particularly our best players, is paramount. And then I think it's focusing on on what they have to do on a week-to-week basis. Because, you know, remember when we started the year, we were saying, boy, look at the first six games of the year. That's going to be brutal if we can only get through that. Well, guess what? We got through that at six and one. And and I think I think that's more optimistic five and one. I think that's more optimistic than most Bills fans would have. I think a lot of Bills fans would have settled for four and two. They went five and one against the Rams, Titans, Dolphins, Ravens, Steelers, Chiefs. But that's a fabulous start. I urge Bills fans, um, as as much as we are in a fearful position, don't lose sight of how great this season has been and certainly what can still be. Yeah, and, and by the way, the Chiefs also have a couple interesting games. Um, yeah, let's see. They have uh, where? Oh, Seattle. They have Seattle, the third to last uh, game uh, of of the year, and and we know the Seahawks have been one of the great surprises uh, in the NFL. ESPN's Kevin Connors, studio host for uh, College Sports and, of course, a Sports Center anchor. Make sure you visit ESPN.com and check out his mid-major top ten as well. Hey, who knows? Maybe my Bonnies will squeak in there this year and surprise some people at <laughs> at Kev Connors ESPN. Kevin, you're the best. Thank you so much for a few minutes, man. Go Bills. Mike, any time at all, you say the word. Go Bills. From one great guest to another, we bring him in. He is the Buffalo Bills beat man and insider for the Democrat and Chronicle out in Rochester. You can get him on Twitter, at Sal Marana. He is a terrific writer and a terrific reporter. And uh, we're going to talk some more Buffalo Bills here with Sal. Hey, Sal, how are you, man? Good, Mike. How you doing? I'm well. Uh, I know we're waiting on the Josh Allen thing, but if you had to guess, if you had to play hypothetical, if you had to crystal ball it somehow, some way, how much time does this guy miss? <laughs> Boy, I don't know. You put me on the spot there, Mike. Spot there, Mike. I'm, not a, I'm not a medical guy. I really don't know. I mean, it looked, you know, when you watch the replay, clearly his arm bent back. Yep. He did have the problem in 2018, but I mean, that's I mean, four and a half years ago. So I don't know if it's a, it's a chronic problem for him. I really couldn't venture a guess. The way I read McDermott yesterday, though, on the, uh, we did a zoom press conference on Monday. He, I don't know. I got, I got the feeling that we're in for not very good news. Like, you know, whenever he starts saying, well, it's still under evaluation and, you know, he would have said something a little bit more, positive if there was something positive to say and the way he kind of danced around it i'm a little bit fearful that it could be something that i don't know if it's going to be a week two three but i'm a little bit skeptical that he'll play this week i agree with you i i it did it didn't sound like mcdermott was confident in uh, a healthy josh allen here moving forward at least in the in the very near future um this team also has a lot of other problems i know it's just one game, uh, you know, the, the Jets loss, it was a bad loss, obviously. You can't lose that game, and now they're 0-2 in the division. They've opened the door again for the Chiefs and the Ravens, who both won this past week. Um, but, man, they can't run the football. They're boomer bust on offense. Uh, they they can't stop the run. Uh, the special teams have had all kinds of issues across the board. Uh, players on both sides of the ball are injured. Um, how, how much... I know it's easy to just say J.A. 17, let's break that down because he's he is the franchise quarterback. But overall here, how much trouble are they in? Yeah, it was that, that was a disappointing loss. There's, there's no doubt about it. Several red flags popped up in that one. Um, I think most notably for me, it's the offense. And this has been a weird year in the NFL where the offenses have kind of gone backwards. But for the Bills, 
man, in the summertime, we thought they had an embarrassment of riches. And it turns out they really don't. Their, their passing game has been, I think, very underwhelming. I mean, he throws to Stefan Diggs, you know, probably 65 to 70% of the time the targets are going to Diggs. And nobody else has been stepping up. Gabe Davis, to me, has been one of the most, you know, probably the most disappointing player on the team. I thought he was ready to explode after the playoff game. And I thought he was going to give, you know, Allen a legitimate one-two dynamic combination. It just hasn't happened. He had the one big game against the Steelers. You take that one out of the mix, and he's done almost nothing this season. Isaiah McKenzie has not replaced Cole Beasley at all. Um, they, they don't trust Talir Shakir, the slot receiver. They don't trust James Cook, their second-round pick. You're right, they can't run the ball. So I'm a little bit disappointed. I mean, this offense is as Josh Allen goes, and I would really be worried if I'm a Bills fan if he can't play because he has been such a dominant player. He's the reason they're six and two. Yeah, their defense has been pretty good, but this this team's six and two because of Josh Allen. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the the stalling of drives against the Jets, I mean, my gosh, they could have put them away early and they just stall and they stall. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, lack of production from Dawson Knox, lack of targets, can't run the ball. Gabe Davis, it's a boomer bust offense. I'm completely with you. Uh, we're talking with uh, Sal Marana, a Buffalo Bills insider and beat man for the Rochester Democrat and Chronicle. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Sal Marana. Um, this week is the Minnesota Vikings. This is a very interesting team, if you ask me. Uh, they're seven and one. Their only blemish is at Philadelphia. Um, th- th- this is a team that's riding high. They're confident. Oh yeah, they have Delvin Cook. So <laughs> the Bills can't stop the run. Good luck there. And they have a prime time number one absolute dude at wide receiver in Justin Jefferson. How do you see this part of the game? You know, panning out, especially if Trey White can make his way back. Um, you know, in his first game, at least from an offensive standpoint, because we know we don't know if Allen's going to go. But just that Vikings offense versus the Bills defense. Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting matchup. I, you know, Trey White, I mean, he was, McDermott said yesterday, pretty point blank, he wasn't ready to play. And it just seems like they're really slow playing this thing to make sure he's 100%. But I'll tell you, this would be a good week to get him back. Mm-hmm. Between Jefferson and Adam Thielen, it's a terrific Number two, they just brought in the new tight end, Hawkinson, who had a great debut for them last week. So this would be a game where you would, if you, if Trey White's getting close to playing, this would be a good week to get him back in there. And it would also be nice if they could get Poyer and Milano back. I mean, quite frankly, you know, they've done okay without Trey, Trey White. It is starting to show with Poyer being banged up all year and then Milano missing the game. Uh, to me, Matt Milano might be the most irreplaceable player on the defense. Von Miller's great. You you take Milano out of that defense, it made a big difference last week. So it would be nice to get those guys back against this offense. Now, I don't know what to make of Minnesota, Mike. I mean, they've got their seven wins. They beat not one team that's above 500 right now, except for Miami. Yeah. But that was the game that Teddy Bridgewater and Skyler Thompson with the quarterback. So they really haven't beaten anybody yet. So they're seven and one and you do have to win, but you know, I think they're going to get a heck of a test. If Josh Allen can play, I still think the bills are the team that should win the game someday. Yeah, I agree with you. They're home. Uh, they're hungry. Um, the defense, you know, I think can, can at least contain some of those superstars and you have Kirk cousins in the fourth quarter, by the way, if the game's on the line, we know what happens 
with that guy on the big stage. Sal, before I let you go, uh, why don't you give uh, Bill's uh, fans out there an opportunity to, uh, you know, where to find you. And I know there's a newsletter that's out. They can subscribe to the Democrat and Chronicle. Give everything out there so people can get involved and uh, follow your stuff and uh, support the uh, the business here. Yeah, DemocratandChronicle.com is where they can find me. I do have a, a, it's called Bill's Blast. It's a newsletter through the paper twice a week before the game, after the game. And you have to be a subscriber to receive it, but it's free if you subscribe. One dollar for six months, Mike. I mean, it's kind of a tough deal to turn down. So I would hope that people go on there, become a subscriber. You, we, you'll get all of our, you know, all of our newspaper coverage, obviously, but specifically my Bills coverage and the Bills Blast newsletter, which has been uh, it's been fun. It's extra content that you won't see online or in print. And uh, it's, it's growing pretty quickly, so jump on while you can. Yeah, Democrat and Chronicle, of course, Buffalo Bills columnist. Sal Marana, uh, one of my favorites on Twitter, at Sal Marana. Sal, thanks for the time, man. Uh, have fun uh, at the uh, stadium on Sunday, and uh, thank God baseball season's over, all right? <laughs> I agree with you there. It might be a, a few months of peace and quiet now with no Yankees to be yelling at. And in closing, and, and again, thanks a bunch to Sal Marana and Kevin Connors for coming on the Pandemonium Podcast here on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. I wanted to just spend a couple of minutes recapping the Jets game and, and giving you know my thought um, about this team moving forward. Um, first of all, this Jets game is just a game that you cannot lose. I mean, they they were already 0-1 in the division. I know it's a road game. I know the Jets are better. I know they have Swagger. I know they have Sauce Gardner. I know, I know, I know, I know all of it just like all of you. Okay, this is a better Jets team. It's not a walkover type of deal. They have Quinn Williams, um, but they have Zach Wilson at freaking quarterback, man. And they had a game plan set out to stop the Bills. Run the ball, keep it away from Josh Allen, Zach Wilson, when you need to throw it, we're going to throw it, you know, put in these really, really quick releases into the playbook. Um, and, and they did that, and they won a close game. They took advantage of Bill's mistakes. Josh Allen's interception issue the last six quarters against the Packers and Jets, respectively, has been an issue. And now, you know, the Bills have kind of opened up the window here for the Chiefs. They've opened up the window for the Ravens, two teams that are really good. Uh, they're at the top of the AFC as well. They both won this past week, so they gained some ground. I know that the Bills have beaten both of them, and they have the tiebreaker, but, okay, they're a lot closer than than they were, uh, would have been, I should say, if the Bills had beaten the Jets because the Bills would have been 7-1. and one. I, I don't think that it's the end of the world, but I do think it is a major concern and a major roadblock. And if they win Sunday, with or without you know Josh Allen at quarterback, then all will probably be forgiven. Now, if they win Sunday and Josh Allen's going to miss four to five weeks or if he's out for the year or whatever else, I mean, we're all going to be looking at this like, yeah, this season's probably cooked, right? Um, which maybe allows Case Keenum to prove that you're wrong. But um, this Jets loss was absolutely horrific. I thought the offense was most to blame. I know the run defense was awful, but... The offense was stalling drives. They really could have put them away. I mean, this game was 14 to three, and 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 the Bills could have kept piling on and piling on and piling on, and they didn't do that. I mean, after that 36 yard run by Allen, I'm like, okay, they're gonna start taking off, and then they just let the Jets steamroll down the field, 14-10. Then another touchdown in the third quarter. Bass makes a field goal to tie it, but you still didn't feel really good about it. And I'm on this chat with all of my built-in Buffalo peeps, and you know, 
everybody's like, you know, just kind of, yeah, we have Josh Allen. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. And then as the fourth quarter kind of went on, I, I chimed in and was like, I'm now I'm worried. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm really worried. Like, Allen with the two picks, they can't run the ball. Where's Dawson Knox? Where's Gabe Davis? All the mistakes. And even with all of that BS going on, the Bills made an incredible, incredible go at it on the last drive of, of the game, right? I mean, they still had a chance to win the game. The key play of that drive was Stephon Diggs with an unbelievable tiptoe grip catch on a rifle by Josh Allen, and it got called back because of a Deion Dawkins hold. That was a killer. That was, you know, it put the Bills over midfield. And I, I am a believer that if that play is completed and there's no penalty, I think that the Bills maybe win that game. At the very least, they get into overtime with a bass field goal. At the very least, I think. Um, you know, then they're scrambling around, you know, then Allen bombs it to Gabe Davis, say what you want about pass interference or not on Sauce Gardner. You got to make that play It hit him in the face mask, hit him in the hands. I mean, that is a play that you need to make. You need to make that catch. If you are a bonafide, you know, supposedly bonafide number one, a or two receiver on this team, which is, you know, heralded as a prolific offense and all this other stuff, you have got to make that catch. However, I'm looking at that penalty with Deion Dawkins. I'm going, that BS killed the Bills. And oh, by the way, you see the replay of that? Man, I don't know. I mean, was that a hold? Was that really a hold? And, and I'm not going to even come close to people who want to blame the refs for this loss. Please, how can you? With Allen, two horrible interceptions, the run defense looking the way they did, I'm not going to blame the refs for any of that. I will, however, say that the Bills got robbed of an interception that could have tilted you know, things in their favor and, and, and the field for that matter. Uh, majorly in their favor. I think they were close to midfield. They would have been, you know, kind of um, uh, in Jets territory by, you know, what, seven or eight yards, I think, in front of midfield, I think is where where they were. Tremaine Edmonds picked that ball. There's no question in my mind. And then the hold on Deion Dawkins, I'm going, yeah, really? Like, when do officials really decide what's a hold and what's not a hold? Because I saw the Bills get held multiple times and nothing was called um, all game long. Uh, I saw a few plays where, you know, the Bills got away with some stuff. And then you look at that Deion Dawkins play where he just kind of like, you know, moves the guy over and then just kind of like pancakes him. And I'm not really sure. I mean, holding to me is blatant, right? You know it when you see it. How? A jersey's getting tugged. That's the absolute uh, uh, screenshot right there of holding. There's no question. That's the most obvious thing. But when you move a guy over and you're stronger and you're big and you push him down to the ground and flatten him, is that holding? I, I don't know. But that killed the Bills on that drive. They still had a chance to win the football game. So where do we go from here? Well, the Vikings come in. Okay, The Vikings have been a, a pretty darn good football team this year. I do agree with Sal, though. The competition has been eh. I mean, it's not like they've played who the Bills have played. The Bills you know, had to go at L.A. before the, the Rams you know, went went tumbling down the, the mountaintop. Um you know, they beat Baltimore, they beat Tennessee, they beat Kansas City, right? Like, they've played a schedule big time. They went at Miami and dominated, lost the game. So their schedule has been brutal compared to the Minnesota Vikings. Having said that, you play who you play, and the Minnesota Vikings are 7-1. and And they have done a very, very nice job offensively. They have big-time star power. Um, they've got Justin Jefferson. They have Delvin Cook going up against a run defense that is Swiss cheese right now. Kirk Cousins, I still don't trust him when the big lights are on, right? The big stage, the bright lights, I do not trust him. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm hoping Sean McDermott plays that video of him coming home on the trip, uh, you know, from Washington there where he had all the chains around him and, and all this sort of thing and, um, you know, uh, just dancing around and, 
obviously a really ultra confident team after Washington simply choked the game away. Um, yeah, just want to show that like, Hey, these, this is how these guys are feeling. Like they can't lose. Listen, Kirk Cousins still makes mistakes. Kirk Cousins holds onto the ball way too long. He's been sacked 16 times this year, folks. He's thrown six interceptions. Okay. I know that he has 1,999 yards. Yeah. That's an exact number. Uh, I realize that. I realize he's throwing for 13 touchdowns. I realize he's leading a team uh, to an NFC North division title. I realize that he has unbelievable weapons in Cook and Jefferson. I realize all this. They can put points on the board and all that. Their defense is probably slightly underrated in spots. But still, if Josh Allen's in there and you have Kirk Cousins in there and it's a close game in the fourth quarter, even with all the mistakes the last six quarters of JA-17, I still go Bills in this game. Now we don't know what the status of Josh Allen is. We've been talking about it the entire show. Um, but I'm with you on, I'm with Sal on this. I'm with a lot of you out there. I'm worried. I am really worried as I record this, that Josh Allen is going to miss significant time. Uh, not just this week, but multiple weeks after that he's being evaluated. It's a UCL situation. The forearm got really dinged. Uh, you could clearly see that he was in a major pain. Now, even with that, he obviously gunned that ball down to Gabe Davis. It should have been Gabe Davis. It should have been caught. Um, but there's clearly a major worry uh, surrounding this guy. And we know that if he's going to miss significant time, if he is out, God forbid, for the rest of the year, this I mean, this season is shot. It's just, it's just over. Um, you know, maybe they can win enough games to make the playoffs. Maybe they can win enough games to still win the division. I, I mean, maybe. But you get in the playoffs, you're not going to go beat Kansas City. <laughs> you know? You're not probably not going to be Baltimore. I mean, you're probably not going to be Tennessee. I mean, I, so, um, you know, th- th- that would be obviously the biggest blow of all. What I'm hoping for is that he misses maybe a week or two, uh, even three. And, you know, the schedule can allow the Buffalo Bills to, you know, kind of get back into it. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if they can beat some of these teams with Case Keenum. Uh, you've got two of the best running backs in the NFL coming up in the next two weeks. You've got Minnesota Cleveland with Cook and, um, you know, with Nick Chubb. Uh, you've got at Detroit, at New England's going to be no picnic. you got Jets at home, Dolphins at home, revenge games at Bears. Bears are better now uh, than they were at the beginning of the year. you got to go at Cincy and home for New England. I mean, maybe there's three, four wins in that group. you got at Detroit on Thanksgiving. Maybe, again, I'm just guessing, but maybe you can, you know, beat Detroit on the road. Uh, maybe you can split with Minnesota, Cleveland, right? And this is all assuming if you don't have Josh Allen. If you have Josh Allen and he's remotely close to 100%, I think that the Bills can go on a major run here. I still believe that they can do that. Um, you know, and I, I think that the defense is going to be working really, really tirelessly to try and fix the run situation uh, in stopping these guys, Cook and Chubb and others. I mean, the Patriots still got to play them twice. They're going to run it down the throats of the Buffalo Bills. So um, you, know, you got to do with Joe Mixon, who just had five friggin' touchdowns. I had to play his ass in fantasy this week. That was a blast. Good grief. I got smoked in fantasy. He was the biggest reason why. I think he had 53-plus points. So the Bills have running backs to face. They have a lot of issues. The run defense isn't good. The offense is blah. Uh, it's boomer bust. JA-17, we don't know the status of him. Is Trey White coming back? What's up with Milano and Poyer and the injuries? I mean, it, it, it's, it's a danger zone time right now, but this team's been there before. They did this last year. Uh, they turned it around after the Jags loss. They turned it around after the Titans loss. Um you know, and 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 they got to a position, and you know where they should have gone to the AFC Championship game at home, but the coaching then failed them. Um, it just shows you right now how hard it is to win in this league. And I told all of you out there, hold the phones on the Super Bowl slam dunks. 
hold the phones on the uh, hype and expectations because too many things can happen, number one. And number two, at the top of the layers is injuries. And that is the most unpredictable thing in sports across the board. And in this sport, week to week, man, injuries happen all the time. Thank you to ESPN's Kevin Connors and Sal Marana from the Rochester Democrat and Chronicle. My name's Mike Lindsley. This is the Pandemonium Podcast and the Built-in Buffalo Podcast Network. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. It's always ice cream season in Central New York, and the locally owned and operated Carvel in North Syracuse welcomes you to come in and grab their pumpkin cakes, along with a four-pack of Little Screamers. Carvel is open seven days a week, Brewerton Road, North Syracuse, America's favorite since 1934, and now offering pumpkin spice soft serve to go along with pumpkin cakes and those four packs of Screamers. Happy Halloween! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.